work for a big brand, run your own small business, do freelance work, doesn't matter. Getting traffic to your website is always an issue. That's why I love tools like Ahrefs. It's an all-in-one SEO tool set that'll help you solve that problem. And they have a seven-day trial for only $7. Head over to ahrefs.com to sign up. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Yaniv Masjedi. He is the Chief Marketing Officer at Nextiva, which is an industry-leading cloud communications provider headquartered in Scottsdale, Arizona. So, Yaniv, thanks for joining me. I'm excited to, to chat, John. Thanks, thanks for having me. Let's just start with the, you know, if somebody met you at a cocktail party, what is Nextiva? So, Nextiva, you know, we started off as a cloud phone system years ago, uh, 11 years ago, but um, our product and company has evolved uh, more recently to where Nextiva has become more of a truly unified and integrated platform. So, we bring together business phone service and a number of other ways to communicate all together so businesses can prospect, engage, and manage their customer relationships in one place. So so when did you join the firm? Uh, since day one. Since day so, one. Okay. So yeah. so you were selling VoIP to people that didn't know what that was. Exactly. Uh, in the early days, we were you know, essentially educating the market on moving away from traditional PBX, expensive, clunky, difficult phone systems to the cloud or VoIP. Back in two thousand eight, yeah, I, I I remember actually having one of those closets, you know, with with the thing yeah. in it because I've had my business for uh, thirty years, and it was kind of a mystery to me that I think the last one I gave three grand for or something like that, you know, that would, was this thing that made the phones work, um, and and so when services like Nextiva came along, I mean, that was that was giantly disruptive, and all of a sudden it was like we were getting this stuff for you know three hundred dollars instead of three thousand dollars. Exactly. Yeah. When we started, you know, the idea for Nextiva came from an experience we had at a previous company where we needed a phone system for ourselves. And just the phone system uh, for our team cost us $250,000, a company with 300 people back in 2006. And um, that was just for the phone system. If we wanted customer service, it was an extra 110000 a year for annual support. And uh, that's when Thomas, our CEO, had the idea you know, to, to essentially come up with Nextiva because if we had that problem, unquestionably other businesses did as well. Yeah. I, I wonder how many companies through the years have have made that statement. We couldn't find what we wanted, so we just made it. I mean, that that's I I can't tell you how many times I hear that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you know, and it's it's a special and probably one of the best ways to disrupt and create a create a business, right? When there's a, a problem and, and nothing out there to really solve the gap. Are you able, in hindsight, to say, well, you know, here's here's how things have changed, or and then also the flip side of that, um, what's kind of remained the same? I mean, you guys have grown so much that maybe you can't even remember what it used to be like. Oh, trust me. I remember. <laughs> I remember. I mean, we, you know, Nextiva was an interesting, uh, you know, the, the founding of the company was quite interesting because Thomas had the idea. And then we got a tiny office uh, with really like no room to walk. And we, we just put a desk in there and a few of us started, you know, to research the market. And, and pretty quickly, um, you know, we, we just, you know, day by day, I, you know, Great things. You know, it takes time and work. Uh, obviously, we've come a long way in 11 years, but um, a lot of work and, and no shortcuts. It's just you know, daily work. But um, yeah, I definitely remember the first, the early days. Well, so so 
what of that have you retained? Like, I mean, I think a lot of times people people lose that closeness of, hey, we're we're changing the world, we're starting something that doesn't exist, and to you know, like, did we hit our number this quarter? Um, yeah. So, you know, what 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 have you been able to retain? You you think from that kind of original? Here's what we're trying to do. I hope that we, we've been able to retain the good things and we've removed the the not so good things. So, you know, at its core, I would say I think one thing that's really special is. You know, most of the people that were in the room or at, with Nextiva in the early days are still working, you know, um, you know, nonstop every day at Nextiva. So, you know, being together and, you know, obviously the company's grown a lot, but, you know, the, the principles and just the the passion and values around growing a business the right way um, where, you know, there, there really truly is no exit strategy and we're, we're, we're in it for the long run um, and focusing on our customers and our employee experience. Um, you know, those two things, I would say the customer experience and the employee experience, um, I would say we've only strengthened since the start and have been so super key to us. So I think you told me early on there was a, a decision not to take um, venture capital. Um, and, and maybe that just was because you never felt the need to. But uh, you want to you want to kind of. Uh, riff a little bit on whether or not that you know what that meant to the company, how that changed your your path. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with necessarily taking venture capital or, or funding. But you know, when Exiva started uh, early on, we you know we we felt like there was you know no need to necessarily do that. We can grow and scale a business um, quite effectively um, in a self-funded manner, where essentially our customer revenue. And our growth funds the uh, you know the future of the business, and and that's been the approach that we've taken uh, thus far, and um, it, it served us quite well. But I, I think it's also a blessing, right? Because when there's not an abundance of money, um, you're forced to you know make deci- tough decisions, but also be very cautious and careful around where you put your focus, where you put your money, where you put your energy. Are you able to? Think about a time when a moment when when maybe you collectively you all kind of said, you know what, I think this is going to work. <laughs> um, you know, where or, or was it just kind of like, hey, let's put in the work, and you know, year after year, you just felt like you you kept growing and evolving. Um, you know, I, I think we we realized the problem pretty early on that there was <clears throat> we were onto something, um, and, and that was because we had the same problem as well, and we were using the service for ourselves, and we realized, you know. It's great and it could be you know, better and other businesses just need to know about us. And once they know about us, it's almost like a no brainer. Um, but, you know, th- there were there were some interesting moments, definitely in the early days, where we also thought there was going to be a bright future in residential phone service. So Nextiva um, was selling business phone service and we had a small kind of division that was selling residential. And uh, we learned uh, pretty quickly that, you know, the future and there's a ton of opportunity on the business side of things, but, you know, home phones are, are not a place to focus. Probably the, just as much work um, to get one into, you know, a home. If not more. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, the, the, the residential market, you're, you're spot on. Uh, acquiring a customer on the, the business side was, you know, sometimes often uh, less expensive and, than e- and easier than the residential side. Um, and the customer experience um, just Delivering an excellent customer experience was far more challenging on the on the residential side. This episode is brought to you by AH Refs. They make competitive analysis easy. 
Your tools show you how your competitors are getting their traffic from Google and why. If you're not getting significant search traffic, their tools can also help you find the topics worth creating pages or content on. You need to arm yourself with the tools that show you what's going on in the world of SEO. And I'm a big fan of ahrefs.com for that. They have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Head over to ahrefs.com to sign up. Putting your marketing hat on, um, if somebody you know, was new to your marketing department um, and, and said, okay, what problem are we solving here? Uh, how would you answer that? You know, traditionally with, with Nextiva, it, it's been, you know, around the business phone service. So I'll answer it in two parts. When we're looking at kind of the legacy kind of business phone service side, you know, the the ways of communicating have evolved, yet the traditional PBX, that PBX that you once bought or have bought multiple of, you know, they're they're difficult to use, difficult to manage, expensive. You know, calling the, the local phone company for help was going to take, you know, two weeks for them to, to visit you on site between the hours of 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And they'll give you, uh, you know, they'll, they'll ring the doorbell once and if you don't answer, they'll leave. Um, you know, it was just very difficult to, to really use uh, and again, expensive. Um, but also when we look at Nextiva, kind of where we are today and where we're headed, um, you know, the complexity of customer relationships are growing and the pressure to get them right are increasing. And, um, it's become really difficult for businesses to manage their customer relationships. So we've, uh, in the age of, you know, Amazon and Uber, where customer expectations are higher, we're trying to bring, you know, the integrated and effortless customer experience to businesses of all sizes. You know, as um, a growth strategy, there's, you know, a couple of ways to grow, get more customers or do more with your existing customers. Um, and, and I'm sure there's a real temptation once you, once you had the phone or once you had the customer, you know, contact point, is there a lot of, um, is there a lot of pressure to say, well, look at all these other things we could do for them. And, and how do you kind of balance that and with staying true to kind of your core offering? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think, you know, marketing is only successful if there's growth happening. Like you said, you know, growth can happen multiple ways, either acquiring new customers or keeping and growing your existing customer base. Um, in our case, we've been, you know, immensely focused on both ends. Um, but I would say, um, not as much, you know, oriented around, you know, like the traditional, like upsell methodology and much more around how do we continuously add value and, you know, keep, you know, the customers happy with Nextiva because the number of options and the simplicity to switch, you know, you know, has in some cases become easier than it has in the past. So we know that we just can't take, you know, our customers for granted and need to provide value always. Where do you fall as trying to offer this unified uh, approach? Um, because, you know, I've, I've worked with other software companies and, and so they take, you know, CRM and email and shopping cart and SMS and, you know, they just kind of like, yeah, let's connect it all together. Um, and then you end up not having best of class maybe of any of those, uh, if that makes sense. Um, where, where do you fall in terms of like where we stop, you know, because you, I mean, you could start doing SEO for your customers, frankly, (laughs) you know, so, you know, where, where as a platform, do you feel like communication ends with, you know, kind of you developing more offerings? Yeah. So you you bring a great point because it, you know, seemingly could, could never end. And we're not trying to be an expert in practical 
basically every single, you know, type of kind of channel. But there, there are a number of core ones that we uh, we want to bring together and simplify. Um, so whether it's you know on the on the phone side, which I, I believe we've we've quite become quite excellent at, but you know aside from the phone, CRM, um, chat, um, and, and really bringing that together with like survey and analytics um, and SMS. Um, we view, like, you know, business communication is, is changing uh, quite rapidly, and we know we can't be a master of all, but we want to make it as easy and effective as possible for, for businesses. Because the reality is most businesses, um, you know, are, are just using a, a spreadsheet or, or pen and paper um, in many cases, because most of the technology that's out there is just too difficult or expensive. Yeah, and, and probably one of the biggest challenges for a lot of businesses is that the consumer you know, wants to communicate in whatever's convenient to them at the time in the certain, you know, for certain things, we want to handle them with SMS for certain things. We want to talk to somebody, you know, live. And, and I think as businesses, the real challenge is we have to be nimble in all of those. Yeah. And the pressure to get it right is increasing, right? Like customers want to communicate, uh, the way they want to communicate with you and, and businesses, uh, I would say for the most part have been struggling to keep up, but, um, you know, next Steve is really focused on, on simplifying that. So, Yaniv, what does your team, your your marketing team, look like uh, today in terms of of you know division of labor? How many people? You know, the, how, how do you structure your marketing team? Yeah, so so the organization is uh, about fifty people today, and uh, it's it's organized uh, by really route to market. So we have a number of ways that we go to market, and we uh, so we have an inside sales leader. Um, on the sales side and then the sales marketing leader, um, we have a partner marketing division. Uh, so a partner marketing leader on the sales side that kind of works interlocked with uh, a partner marketing leader on the marketing side. Um, so, and the same goes with enterprise and, and all of our other channels. So we essentially route, um, we structure our team by route to market and then the rest of the marketing team, whether it's content, design, uh, video, everyone kind of serves as an agency supporting our sales organizations and our leaders. Um, because kind of really one of the things I've been super passionate about is, you know, since day one, you know, marketing is only successful if there's sales. Like if we're not marketing and, you know, driving growth, almost every other activity, not to say it's worthless, it's just probably not um, where I want to see us focus. So one of the things that um, I, I've interviewed so many, you know, business owners, folks in your seat and, you know, hiring when you grow, particularly if you grow rapidly, hiring and managing uh, talent has seems seemingly turned into the, the biggest challenge most companies have, particularly if they're trying to retain kind of the culture of, of what they stand for. Do you have a particularly, you know, useful nugget to share with us today about, you know, how you, how Nextiva uh, finds talent, hires talent, retains talent, and, and kind of keeps that culture where people want to work there? Uh, many, but I'll, I'll share one that has been instrumental for me and I think Nextiva as a whole is, you know, I look for three things in every marketer and uh, it hasn't failed. Um, you know, the first is Looking for, you know, you want you want to work with someone that's absolutely passionate about their area of marketing. So if we're, uh, you know, if we're talking about video production, 
um, this person, the candidate needs to be absolutely obsessed with video and video production and, you know, has a kind of burning and a strong desire to always learn and be great in their area, their subject. Um, second is, you know, working with people that really just have an attitude of, you know, moving forward, work is never done. You know, there needs to be a healthy balance between, you know, our life outside of the workplace and the workplace. But, you know, you want to do as much as possible and push ahead and re accept the fact that and embrace the fact that work can always be better and there's always room to improve because that's contagious. Um, and third is, you know, being around people that are just really good people, you know, have values that align with you or the company and, um, you know, take care of themselves, respect others, respect themselves. Um, because you know, when you have those three things, you know, they, I, I've just found it to be super powerful and uh, allows us to grow fast. Do, do you mind sharing maybe a little bit of your hiring process then? Because, you know, while those I don't think anybody would disagree with those three points you just made, sometimes figuring out if somebody's a good person, figuring out if they have that move forward attitude. I mean, how do you how do you get that in the traditional kind of hiring environment? Yeah, most of my questions tend to be focused, you know, around going a few layers deeper. So if like, let's just use, a, you know, a common question, like, how do you keep up to date with marketing? That's a that's a very common question that I think, you know, people will ask in an interview. How do you keep up with marketing? And then, you know, the common answer is, for example, I, I listen to the duct tape marketing podcast. And if someone says <laughs> that's that, probably uh, a universal answer. I'm <laughs> exactly. sure. <laughs> so then from there, you would want to ask, you know, just a few layers deeper, like which episodes and why and what sticks with them. And, you know, really trying to go, you know, like appealing an onion, go getting a few layers deeper to really understand uh, the person and kind of how they learn. And, you know, why are they so passionate about their area of business or um, you know, I just having a, a conversation about them as an individual and not as much about the, the work itself to really understand them and their values and, you know, what they are, what they're like outside of work. Tell me a little bit about if, and again, this, you know, this may or may not fit into the culture, but I, I know one of the things that sometimes is a challenge for companies, uh, even if they very much want to um, embrace this, but, but in today's workplace, hiring uh, for diversity. Um, is that, um, do you find that that's a challenge or do you find that that's something that's just really uh, very natural for Nextiva? I would say, you know, we've been, you know, it's been something that we've been mindful of, I would say more and more, you know, when, when we, when we first started in 2008, I think, you know, the, the early days, it was just, you know, let's, um, let's, let's move fast and do do what makes sense. But um, I think diversity of thought and just experiences and, um, you know, being more mindful of that has been something that um, we, we've definitely practiced and, and, you know, focus on a lot more because as the team grows and the company you know, has expanded the way it has, we, it's, it's just something that um, it's foolish to neglect. Yeah. Well, and I think there's you know many many companies that have realized the the long term benefits, just like you said, of getting new ideas, getting you know people to feel you know they're welcome and and safe, you know, in in any right. kind of environment. I think just benefits everybody. Exactly. So. I listened to a uh, a video that I stumbled on uh, of you being interviewed, and I found um, one uh, element that was really interesting because I don't 
I don't know that I hear enough people saying this, but you were talking about focus of, of you know, individuals getting them to focus on what's important to them. And you talked about this idea of, of identifying one metric, kind of almost like everybody in their job. <laughs> you know, the, it, the company was like top line revenue, maybe or profit, but that everybody in their position, whatever their position was, could identify a metric that that would that would kind of say, yeah, I'm moving forward in my job. You want you, you want to talk about that? Um and I'm I'm assuming maybe it's almost something that you do formally. Yeah, yeah, because you know, I, and I think probably people listening to this, we all kind of struggle with the kind of the the game of whack a mole, right? There's so much to take on. There's so much opportunity, a lot of noise. Where do you? What really moves the needle? And for us, um, as as a marketing organization, we try really for, for quite some time. We've tried to identify, you know, what is the what is that most important metric. That, that's key to us as a, as a business, as a unit. And then each person um, on the team, you know, has, you know, their defined kind of metric that in some way leads to impacting that top number um, that, that we pretty much obsess over every day. And by being organized like that, I think it, it helps us as an organization, you know, staying focused and making the right decisions, but also it brings a, a level of accountability and just, uh, I, I would say, energy because, you know, there's visibility and you know, our work is always tied back to a number. Um, and it's not to say, you know, become insanely, you know, obsessed over metrics to the point where there's like, you know, data is important, but also um, I, I think just one number really simplifies it. And sometimes it's really tough to choose one number. So in, in certain cases, we, uh, you know, it, one number for, for a certain, like, let's say one month. And then for someone, you know, that number may change the following month. Yeah, and I, I think one of the important things about it is a lot of times, um, you know, once somebody is, you know, maybe a couple layers deeper in a department or something like that, or a part of the company, um, sometimes it's harder for them to feel like, I'm making a difference in, you know, in the number that everybody seems to care about. And I, and I think, I think it's just like, it's like playing a game without rules. Um, you know, there's like, there's no way to win, <laughs> you know? Right. And so I, I really love that idea because I think it, it, you know, somebody who's, you know, whose job it is to grow the newsletter list, you know, knows that that, you know, that metric, um, is an important metric. It's a, a hyper important for them, but it, it then gets translated up to the importance, you know, in the big number. And I think they feel like, yeah, I did my part. Exactly. And, and it's, you know, and there's also clarity, right? Because the people around that person responsible for the email newsletter list, like everyone knows what he or she's focused on and what's most important. Um, so it just brings a level of visibility and transparency in the organization that I think is super valuable too. Yeah, I really appreciate you stopping by and uh, sharing your thoughts on on Nextiva. Tell you want to tell people where they can find uh, more about your work and and obviously uh, uh, take a look at the product uh, there at Nextiva. Yeah, so, so Nextiva.com. I, I really enjoyed talking to you, John. Um, you know, been a fan of yours since Nextiva started. So, so glad we were able to, to finally connect and have a chat. Yeah, this is great. All right. Hopefully we'll run, in, run into you next time I'm down there in Scottsdale. Hope so. 